0: Are some storms that he calms and there's some storms he helps us through and I don't understand it but what I've learned is instead of looking at the storm I look to him who here could look at something and say I'd like a better outcome than what I'm expecting you know what start speaking and declaring the outcome that you'd like you say, were well, you blabbing it and grabbing it? Well, sometimes I am. <laughs> start speaking what you want to see. You say, know, speak biblically. Yes, but start speaking and declaring, you know, my God is bigger than this. My God is stronger than this. My God is better than this. My God is the one who is and will be and shall be. And somebody comes and has a word.
1: I'm only going to take 15 or 20 minutes. That's all. (laughs) That's all. I promise. Timey, chimey. (laughs) You better be. (laughs) No, in light of what Pastor is saying this morning, boy, you know, I could share story after story after story with you about what has been happening in my life in the last, what, two months. And it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been good. Oh, I know. I'm so bad at this. Have you got it turned on? Anyway, uh, no, and it has been tough. It hasn't been easy. But boy, last night, last night, I hit the bed. And there were things that were happening before. And I thought, you dirty devil, you just come against me one time, one time, and that's it. You're done. You're done. And from one prayer to the other prayer to the other prayer to the other prayer, God brought me through so many prayers, and I found the victory. I found the victory last night (laughs) in Jesus. And that's for every one of you here. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Do it. Just do it. Do a Nike. Just do it. (laughs) Oh, God is so awesome. Oh, anyway, Pastor David, here you go.
0: Amen. Amen. Does anybody else have something they'd like to give God praise for this morning? Anybody? You want to say something? All right. I love your smile. Anybody here? Anybody? You want to say, God, you're good. I thank you. Amen. Amen? Amen? Selena. Anybody else? You've got a moment. Why don't you come talk to me, buddy? Uh, Selena, come up here. So the camera can catch. Okay, great. Um, Just recently, in the last two months, I have been, um, I've had the privilege of connecting with my son again. And so I have a 13-year-old son who I um, had while incarcerated in prison. And I hadn't seen him since he was like five days old. And so we started talking on the phone recently. And I've had my second phone call with him. And he's a great young man, doing really well, lives in Calgary. So we'll have another call in two weeks. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Would you like to say something, Katie? All right. Come on up. Awesome. Awesome
1: me love God cuz he is good
0: awesome awesome amen anybody else hallelujah amen amen i serve a good god amen say that yourself i serve a good there's something that happens when we hear our own words. Don't just think it. Say it. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Um, listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can put my sermon aside if anybody would like to share something about God's goodness. Okay. And you're going, oh, if can Pastor Daniel say, <laughs> I, you know what. Do you love Jesus? I love you, Dad. Awesome. 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 Any other kids you want to come up and say? Seriously. I'm trying to figure out how we can, like, I might give Pastor Daniel a mic with a leash on it. Amen. Anybody else? Pastor Daniel, come on up. I know you had something. Isabel? You just, you come and you sit with me, and when Pastor Daniel's done, then you, you can say something, okay? So let's just sit right here. Amen. Amen. The, the phrase that was just going
2: through my head uh, while we were worshiping is, and it's from another song that we sing, it's, God doesn't change, but he changes everything. He can take what seems like dead, he takes a grave and turns it into life. He can bring life. Something that, that you thought was impossible. And, and just like, sometimes he doesn't have to say anything. In, in that same chapter, Jesus said, you know, my father's always at work. And sometimes we just need to just, look at them all lined up here. Now there's pressure on me to finish. (laughs) Just remember, God doesn't change, but he can take a situation that you thought was dead, a relationship, a business deal, an opportunity. Something in your physical body that you think there was no hope for, he can breathe hope back into it. He can breathe life back into it. He can bring light into that situation, wisdom, knowledge. Anything that he is, he can come and he can breathe and bring himself into that situation. We just need to look unto him. Just just like that man with the withered arm, we just need to actually be paying attention. Because we can sometimes get so distracted, we don't hear his voice. We don't hear the, those words that will bring release, those words that can bring hope. And we, because we're so distracted by the fear, the stress, the chaos, amen.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, Isabel?
1: I'm happy that... Things are opening up after COVID. Awesome.
0: Great. Give me five. Amen.
2: I'm happy that God um, defeated the devil.
0: Awesome. Give me five.
1: The holy name of God is within our hearts and souls. Awesome. Give me five. I don't remember. Jesus
0: super good. Jesus is super good. Awesome, awesome. You know, sometimes we hear rumblings and we think they disturb us, but there's more than these little ones can multitask. Um, I remember Pastor Winona and I. We would have the our kids and and sometimes they'd be laying on the ground coloring or doing things and Pastor Nelson would be preaching up a storm and he'd be going strong and he'd ask one of his questions and nobody would want to answer them and one of the kids would answer and you think I thought you were playing and coloring but they they hear and yes we do have Sunday school but I do not ever want a child to think they can't be in worship with us there's, some, there's a deposit that they get. There's a deposit they get. And uh, I just I think that's awesome. Children, you may be excused for Sunday school, and you can take your teacher with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're, we're talking about this is a house of the spirit. And we're talking about gifts of the spirit, and what a what a great way to see some of the gifts operating this morning. Um, before we begin, i i want to I want to just thank everyone for giving. Many of you give online. Many of you have. Uh, Your gifts, your tithes and offerings that you do online, thank you. And then there's also some of you that still give the old-fashioned way with an envelope and a check or money, and you put it here in the offering basket. I want to thank you. What you are doing is when you give, you are honoring the king. And just like we sang this morning, there's nothing besides him. When it comes to our finances, there is no king that can take care of money better than my king. And so when we give, what we do is we enact a heavenly reaction or a heavenly interaction, and the king looks at that with favor and with honor. So I want to encourage you. If you say, well, I'm not sure about giving. I I got a tight month. Can I encourage you to give? Even if you think you don't have your 10%, which we talk about as tithe, I would encourage you to learn how to be a giver. Learn by giving. Start by saying, you know what? 10% might be a stretch, but I've got a few extra things here I can give. I want to encourage you, start by giving. Start by giving. Hallelujah. Well, I've got 20 minutes. What I want to talk about is the who, the what, the when, the why. I know it's the where, but there's also the how. It's like we got all these five W's and then we got an H in there. But I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. But what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about why are the gifts important? Who gets the gifts? When are the gifts given? Where are they given? And how are they given? Because in the last 15 years, there's probably... A dozen, if not more, forms that you can fill out online to figure out your gift. And I think sometimes what we have done is we've made the gift greater than the giver. I've been in churches... And I've only been in three of them my whole life, so one of them might be this one. But where people have said, this is my gift, and what they've done is they've trumpeted our gift instead of coming and saying, he's the giver, and he gave me a gift. And by the way, if you talk with Pastor Nelson, and I would agree with him, sometimes we pigeonhole the gift instead of realizing the giver can give whatever he wants, Now, I believe there's some gifts given to us at birth or personality, but there's also gifts given to the church, and there's also gifts given at the moment when needed, as needed. And so this morning, I want to take it from a little different perspective. Because as I think about the gifts, I'm just thankful that I have a God who loves me, who gave his son. I have a God who created me, a creator who didn't just leave me alone, but actually desires to be with me. And I have a God, a creator, who not only created me and loves me, but then says, David, I'd like to give you things. I don't know about you, but if I was to sit down and think about any inventor or creator or entrepreneur, quite often they are very self-protected. And I'll, in fact, uh, it's not as bad now, but when I was younger, if you talk to somebody and you asked to sit down with them, they wouldn't tell you everything because if they told you everything, you'd know as much as them. And therefore, their job would be at jeopardy or their reputation would be at stake or you could take their position. It's not the same now. Especially in, in, in circles of faith where we're followers of Christ, we've learned that the best thing we can do is, I, the best thing I can do is give you everything that God's given me. So we've learned. But many of us grew up in a space where it was like, no, I'm the boss, and if I tell them everything, then they're going to know as much as me. But the God I serve isn't concerned about that. He's, it's, he blows out of the water any thought of a creator-created concept. Because usually the creator of something controls but you know what God says I will create and I will give you the ability to make decisions but then he says I'm not only gonna do that but I love you so much I'm gonna give you gifts to make you better and to make the person beside you better now don't look at the person beside you now is not the time to look at them and say amen But the gifts that God has are for the benefit of the body. Now there's three major passages in the scripture about the gifts. In Romans chapter 12, and some people would refer to those as the gift that the Father gives. Some people would say those are gifts not necessarily personality, but they connect with a personality. Some Because it talks about some people like to exhort and some people like to serve. And sometimes that's very much ingrained or part of who I am. So there's some aspect that people would look at Romans chapter 12 and say those would be gifts from the Father. Again, I want to be careful that we don't pigeonhole this. Okay? Then there's a passage in Ephesians chapter 4 where it talks about when Jesus ascended he, ascended, he also descended, but when he ascended, he gave gifts to men. And this is some apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And we refer to that as the five-fold ministry. And right again, we pigeonhole that, and we think it has to be here, but some of you actually pastor people where you work. Some of you actually evangelize people where you work. Some of you actually apostle and prophet your family. You lead, you direct, and you send. But we've made it all about the stage and the building. But those would be referred to quite often as the gifts that Jesus gave. And the Holy Spirit, not wanting to be left out, said, yeah, but I also, no, he didn't, that I'm just messing with you. I'm just having fun. But there's also a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 referred to as the spiritual gifts. Now, if you look at all three passages, a couple things I want to bring to your attention. And you can have homework. You can read those three chapters. Don't just read the specific chapter. Read the one before it and the one after it. Get an idea of the perspective and the landscape of how it's written. But what you will find, some of the words that come into play are words like one. The gifts are given so that you and I could be one. But then he also said the gifts are given because we're many. And the amazing part is there's many of you here today But each one of you, I believe, carries a distinct fingerprint DNA of God that is unique to you. And what happens is that uniqueness of you adds to the complement of this house. In other words, I get the benefit of you. I get the benefit of you of your stability. I get the benefit of your courage. I get the benefit of your words of wisdom. I get the benefits of your words of encouragement. I get the benefits of your faith to heal. I get the And, and so what I find is the word one and many, and instead of dividing them, can we bring them together? And the gifts are a place where many function as one. And you'll find that in all three passages. Another aspect is in all three passages is the purpose, and we're going to get to this in a bit as well, but the main purpose, the main purpose, there's multiple purposes, but the main purpose is that God would be glorified and that you would be built up. So if my gift is used in a way that pushes you down, I've used it incorrectly. The purpose and the reason is to build up, to strengthen, to cause you to be encouraged and actually be blessed. That's why God gave me the sense of humor. But each one of us has a gift. I'm convinced of that. In fact, I believe we have multiple gifts, and I believe we have gifts that we maybe don't even understand because we might not need them at that moment. Have you ever had a situation where you've been doing something and somebody might ask of you, or you might be in a situation where you need to And all of a sudden, God gives you an idea or God gives you a thought or something happens and literally a physical thing happens and you're able to, and it's like, that's a gift for that moment. And you go, wow, I didn't realize that, but I had this funny impression about something and I just followed through on that and I, and, and that helped unlock this situation. Another thing you're going to find about the gifts if you look at them is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit aren't in competition with each other. It's almost like they're used interchangeably. The Holy Spirit isn't concerned that Jesus gave gifts to men because if you find out and you study Jesus, it will find some, sometimes he says the Father's going to do this and other times he says I'm going to go to the Father and he's going to tell me and I'm going to give it to you. And he's talking about the same thing. Because God the Father, God the Son are one and the same. And God the Holy Spirit, one and the same. We live in a world of distinctiveness, uniqueness, and competition. The Holy Spirit, He's not in competition with God the Father. Holy Spirit is God. And in simple terms simple theological terms he is the active agent with us now very simple i mean that's very simple but if you study it jesus says i must go so that i can send you so that he can come so the holy spirit is very active in our world now so if you could turn in your Bibles, I would like to read it to you from a different passage, from a different uh, translation or a different uh, Bible. Pastor Daniel shared this morning, he said he had a Bible and only the Gospels, and I thought, oh, Lord, no, I'm just kidding. But I have a, this, this book is called The Message. It's written kind of in language that, for me, just gives it in a little different way. And by the way, I don't. when I study, I'll, I'll study the original language. But I find sometimes it's kind of nice to read it from a different way. So I'd like to read, and I'm going to read good big chunks out of this. And some of you might be able to follow along. And some of you, if you're reading from your version, it might be challenging. But I'd like to read, it might take me three or four minutes, but like, I'd like to give you... Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When Paul wrote this, one of the things he wrote in 1 Corinthians was he wrote a lot of correction and he wrote a lot of construction. If you read the chapters, it's not unusual for the beginning of the chapter to say, hey, I want to explain this to you. Or um, now concerning spiritual gifts. Now concerning this. He talked about communion. He talked about immorality. He talked about how we were to be together. He talked about many different things. And so it's very much an instructive book where it sets things in order. And so what he's done is he, he starts the chapter by going, you've had some questions about spiritual gifts. Now I want you to understand something. So that's where context really helps. So as he's talking, I'd like to just read chunks of this passage. What I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's, spirits gets, God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how when you, were, when you didn't know God, you were led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did. Huh, that was written 2,000 years ago? It's different in this life. God wants to use, us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say that Jesus be damned, nor would anybody be inclined to say Jesus is Master without the insight of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he, what he's saying is the Holy Spirit influence at us so if somebody is cursing god that's not the holy spirit and you said but you used to live like that but in the way of the king, and, and it was like almost like mindless but in the way of the kingdom god gave us a mind for us to use and he says i want you to understand these issues I want you to understand a little bit about the gifts. Holy Spirit. He says, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it, Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. I like that. We need each other. The variety is wonderful. Wise counseling, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretations of tongues, all these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by, the one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. It's God's decision. But I thank God he's smarter than me. And then he goes on and he talks about the body. And what he does is he paints this picture of how the spirit giving gifts to the body is like the body. And so our body, my body, isn't consisting of one hand. But the hand doesn't say to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, I found I can't walk without my feet. But I realized also my feet can't do things my hands can do. And this might be elementary, but there's aspects of the gifts of the Spirit that actually are a benefit to each one of us that we might not even realize, but the moment they're gone, we realize, you know what, I'm missing this. And he gives this picture in here, and, he, and he, he, he says, you know, the hand does not have the right to say to the foot, I don't need you. He continues on and he says, I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. That's a challenge. Because the moment we think we have significance, which we do, there's a challenge in us to think that's what it's all about. And he goes... For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. I highlighted that because that was well said. For no matter how significant you are, and you are significant, it is only because of what part of a part you are your significance is highlighted and appreciated not because of your significance but because of the part of who you are he continues talking about the body and how we we can't have one hand do this or and the other hand do that or one eye and he says in fact he kind of says you know if we were all one foot we'd actually be a monster You know, there's a one-eye, there's a a three-headed monster, there's this, that. When the body is out of proportion, it doesn't function well. Then he goes, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part depending on every other parts. Every part depending on every other other part I need you I do I need you every part depending on every other part the parts we mention are the parts and the parts that we don't mention the parts we see and the parts we don't see and then he continues on, and he ends the chapter by saying, talking about how the, the church is a complete body and not a gigantic, undimensional part. It's not all apostolic prophet, not all miracle worker, not all healing, not all prayer in tongues, not all interpreting, and yet some of us keep competing for so-called important parts. But now I lay out a better way for you. The gifts are for us to use, but there's a way that we can use them that excels. So what I'd like to do is I wrote down some who, what, where, when, and how, and I'd like to just share them with you, a little bit of teaching. Are you okay with that? I've got eight pages, but I'm only going to use one page. Or maybe two, but not all eight. Why? If you study this passage, and if you look in Romans 12 and Ephesians, why? For the common good. I love that word. The common good. Another aspect is no division. Another reason why God has put gifts in the body is so that we would have the same care one for another. Each one of us should be receiving care from someone else when the body is functioning. A great example of that is how you have so beautifully, lovingly, and intelligently cared for me and my family this past year. Thank you. You were the body functioning as the body. That was amazing. I will say to you, I believe there's times of rejoicing now coming. We've had times of mourning. I hate mourning. I'd rather have joy. Because we need each other. No one is better than the other. We are many and we are one. The way to do life together Why? Because the way that we need to do life together is important. Another reason is to build up the church. That's why. When I kind of alluded to this, some people would say it is birth, some people would say it's our salvation, and some would say it's at needed. I'm going to say all of the above. It's like A, B, C, D, and they give you all those multiple choice, and then they go D, all of the above. Don't pigeonhole how God I believe we miss out on so much because we think well I'm only this or they are only that you might say Pastor David's got a great sense of humor you might but I hope I've even got something other than that I hope how the Holy Spirit distributes, God distributes freely. Listen to this, as he desires, as he wills. In other words, it's not my decision. He gave me a sense of humor whether I needed it or not. God calls the shots. God's a giving God. The word giving does not predicate merit. It is without merit. You don't bring something to the table and say, hey, God, look at me, and he goes, oh, I think you could really. No, he says, this is what you need. Here, he says, here is what I have for you. You might say, well, I'm, I'm a strong personality, and you know what? He might make you a prayer warrior and not somebody who breaks down the walls in other ways. God looks at it and as he wills. I believe part of that is the fabric of how you were raised and your personality. I believe those are gifts from God. But there's also aspects of the moment that is needed. God gives a gift and he says, this is what's needed and you're there and you're going to do it. When Esther was in the Bible and she goes, I don't know, and and her uncle Mordecai came to her and says, maybe you were born for such a time as this. How? How? He doesn't hold back. He's ready to give. And then he also says, how? Pursue love. At the end of that chapter, he says, I want to show you a better way. And then after chapter 13, beginning of chapter 14, says now, he says, I don't want you to stop desiring spiritual gifts. But what he's done is he showed a better way. The best way we function is through love. Yeah, that was a really good point. The best way we function is through love. Amen. Amen. Who? Everyone, anyone, some, all. Did I miss anybody? Who? Who was there at the time? Who? The one who is ready or not. you might say, I could use patience right now. You might say, I could. And sometimes he gives it, and sometimes, you know what? You might not even be ready for it, and he gives it. I'm so glad he's smarter than me. Because I don't realize sometimes what I need, and he gives it to me anyways. He's good. I usually base it on merit, if I could be honest with you. Our whole world is—they don't deserve you. You apply for a job, and what do you have to do? You have to meet the qualifications. And God says, "You're a son. You're a daughter. You meet the qualification." He's so good. So instead of making the gifts all about what I have, can we make the gifts about who the giver is? And he's good. And he's smart. Oh, he's so smart. He's smarter than you. He's smarter than me. He's smarter than Elon Musk. He's smarter than anybody this world knows. What? What gifts? What has ever needed to build up? If you are a prepared, willing vessel... God will give you what is ever needed at that moment to build up. What? A word, an act, a miracle, prophecy, whatever it is, the purpose is all about God. It's, in fact, the gift is not about me. The gift is about you. What I bring to the table, what God gives through me isn't so I can stand up here and say this, this. The, the reason is so I can maybe stand up here to build you up, to strengthen you, to encourage you to see you excel in ways you did not excel before. To see you experience freedom that you didn't experience before. To see you see success that you did not see before. To see, to give you peace that you never had before. My gift is for your benefit. And I might be a mouthpiece, and some don't say amen at that point. But I may be a mouthpiece, but your part is just as important as my part. So please do not put it, if you're on the stage, you're this level, and if you're not on the stage, you're that. No, we're all at the same level. I, I need you. Amen. The purpose in the gifts, it's all about God amen Amen. I wanted us to see gifts from a different perspective I'm not going to give you a questionnaire to fill out and then next Sunday say all of those that have the gift of prophecy stand over there and all of you with gifts of healing over there no we're just you know what and if you if you've got questions no problem. Talk to somebody. Talk to Pastor Nelson, Pastor uh, Sean, Pastor Daniel, our wives. Talk to talk to myself. I'll pass you on to one of them. That's part of being a pastor is passing. And, and whatever it is, if, if you're confused, let's talk about it. But I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I think we've overplayed the gifts instead of just being who we are and who, how God has made us. And so I'm not going to get... What I want to do is I want to encourage you to keep being who you are. Keep being. Yes, Pastor Louise? One short... (laughs) Oh, boy, I've created something here. Come on. Can, Can you stand here
3: at all... feel these verses the the Lord prompted me um, to this morning as the verses where he says that you are the salt of the earth and then he says you are the light of the earth and they're found in Matthew 5 and if you go in it it tells you all the things that constitute what's in salt and what's in light and I think it adds to what you're saying and it's a summary and this is what it says so let Your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Though that's all of us. It doesn't say, Pastor David, do your good works. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's checking. Yeah. Everybody has good works that they can do and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Amen.
0: Well, you summarized and concluded for me. <laughs> I mean, can you stand? I'd like to invoke the blessing of Jesus on all of you this morning. If you want to open your hands as an act to receive. And by the way, this is something you can do every day because Jesus is the blessing. He's the blessing. So what I'm reading to you is actually reading who Jesus is. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God bless you. I Love and appreciate all of you. Have an amazing week.